Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Freedom Day, Freedom Day. Freedom Day, 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 day. July 19th, UK. OMG, it's a Freedom Day. People are isolating. Oh yeah, Boris Johnson and Rishi Sumak fucked up. And yes, I'm surprised by how terrible my Freedom Day jingle was. If it had been a rap, I would have done a great job. I'm an excellent rapper, but that was jazz, what you just heard. Jazz. Well, if you're listening from outside of the UK, I'll give you a quick political wrap-up once again. Rishi Sunak is the guy, like, health secretary. He took over Matt Hancock's job when Matt Hancock was caught on CCTV feeling up an advisor and making out with her, and he stepped down. And now Rishi Sunak has COVID, and Boris Johnson and all the others were not going to isolate because they don't have COVID, but it turns out, you know, they hung out with him. And therefore, sorry, not one rule for some, one rule for the others. You have to follow the rules that you set, and you have to isolate too. So, I mean, they've got egg on their face because we're supposed to open up tomorrow, Monday, Freedom Day, no more masks, though we do have to wear masks. Uh, You can hang out with as many people as you want. A lot of the rules are lifting, though not all of the rules. But the bonus is we don't have to see either of those pricks for at least 10 days. We remain, though, a very confused nation, which is surprising seeing as how no one asks any questions. Everyone's just got answers. And fundamentally, I get very worried when there are more answers than questions. I love questions. I miss questions. I think comedians especially are supposed to look at things from a weird angle and examine a fresh situation, but we're not allowed to do that with COVID. Oh, no. If you ask any questions about lockdown or about the pandemic, then you are, you know, it's an incitement for murder. You are spreading misinformation, rah, rah, rah. You'll get taken off Twitter. People will genuinely leap on you and be like, no, how dare you? I've done my research. Guess what? Whatever you believe, none of us have done our research because research, by definition, requires like source checking. You have to find all these sources and then find out who funded the studies, make sure they're unbiased, do all this extra work. Any academic will tell you that. Research, I know you're calling it that, is not reading an article or Googling the answer to something. That's just, you know, you read something online. I am in no way anti-vax, though anti-vax would be my drag name. She's anti-vax, first name Karen. Auntie Vax is the proud mother of three boys. You can see her getting into a viral fight in a Walmart. 
anti-vax will not put any untested substance into her body. Whoop, anti-vax just checked in on Facebook at KFC. Anti-vax has inside information that suggests Bill Gates has nefarious intentions for the world. But I do wish that I could ask certain questions about the vaccine without being labeled as such. And this is not to say that I've had the vaccine or I haven't or I'm single jabbed or double jabbed. I'm not one of these people who's posting on Instagram like, been to the walk-in, here's my sticker. Because uh, anytime you attach virtue to something that you're doing for logical reasons, then I get worried. I mean, when Bobby and I first got together, he talked to me about virtue signaling and I was like, fuck off. All the people who do good things are not virtue signaling. It's what they believe. They want to make a change. And that is true. Those people exist. But then there is definitely another group of people who just want to look good. They just want to get likes and be congratulated for their behavior. And I think it's manipulative for any government to genuinely put out ads being like, oh, wear your mask and show how compassionate you are. Your mask is a show of compassion. It's like, well, that feels kind of like emotional blackmail to people. I'll be wearing it. Uh, But to attach virtue to it, na 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 na, then I feel manipulated. I don't like that feeling, especially not when it comes from dickwads have lied, maybe not every time, but they tell lots of lies. And what's, what's stopping them from lying again? Let people ask questions. Let people ask stupid questions without jumping all over them. I feel very worried about living in a society, looking around at so many people, and you know a lot of people are dumb. A lot of people are super dumb, and they have more answers than questions. Please, bitch. Please. What I love is that you can rest assured that everyone you see in the next few months wanted to be there. Because if they didn't, They would just lie and say they got pinged on that NHS app and they have to isolate for 10 days. That is a rock solid excuse. No one's going to argue with you. You don't have to have had COVID and, you know, fake this illness. That would not be very ethical. But you can always be like, sorry, I came in contact with someone who has COVID and I have to take the next 10 days off socializing, school, work, whatever you have going on. I'm not advocating doing this. It's a lie. It's very irresponsible. And I, for one, am so excited to get back out so I won't be telling this lie. But if you don't want to go somewhere, you don't have to at all. Or you just tweet something racist, take the whole summer off. I am doing comedy gigs again, and I'm genuinely shitting it. I am so scared. I have a gig in Swindon this Tuesday night. I think Kettering Wednesday, Coventry on Thursday, and I'm so scared. Oh my gosh. Latitude Saturday. If you're coming to Latitude Festival, 5.15 p.m., the Comedy Arena, that is where I'll be. I have a book thing in the early afternoon. I'm not really sure if I'm going to bring the family. Baby Fred, Violet, Bobby, I don't know, because I did Latitude Festival with Violet when she was 21 days old. And you know what I'm learning now? Just because I did it once doesn't mean I got to be a hero and do it again. It was hot. It was kind of ridiculous. And Fred is five weeks today. But does he need to be in Suffolk in the heat? It might actually be a thunderstorm. In which case, meet me at the Whiskey and Pickle place to the left of the Comedy Arena. I don't know what's called. I'm sorry if that is your business. Basically, you do shots of pickle juice and shots of whiskey. Yeah. And you're thinking, pickle juice, we're the UK. We don't like gherkins. Yes, you do. Give it a try. I don't know why it works, but it works. And uh, we can have like an amazing mudslide party 
And the best part is, it's Saturday, so we will not be missing an episode of Love Island. Oh, Love Island. You were wondering when I was going to get to my views on this season of the UK's favorite Spanish dating villa show. Look, it's controversial. I don't love it. I'm waiting for Casa Amor. I think it's going to spice up. I'm not sure if just the weird year has influenced my passion for Love Island, or maybe I'm just getting older and I fancy all the contributors less and less and less, but it's just not ringing my bells. That's not to say it stops me watching it. Oh no, I will run to the television at 9 p.m., pile the whole family and dogs onto the Super King bed and watch Love Island as though it is a sacred ritual. That's truly the name of the game. If you want someone to watch your show is put it on every night of the week. It works with the Euros. It works with Love Island. No one has gotten off with each other in minimum four years and I'm still engrossed. I don't think I'm alone in the opinion that Ian Sterling is the best bit of the show. He keeps it moving. He keeps it punchy. His voiceover work is so funny. And he's not just reading someone else's scripts. He watches the edits and sits in a sound booth and writes all those gags. I think he might have a co-writer, but it's mostly Ian and his lovely wife, Laura Whitmore. Where has Laura Whitmore been this series? More Whitmore. The clue is in the name. I understand there are travel restrictions and usually she turns up for a recoupling or someone going home, but I need Whitmore more in the villa each and every single day. And those are the only two people that I feel I can talk about, and I admire the Be Kind movement. I know that going into Love Island, you're unknown, and then you're on this huge platform where all of a sudden these kids, and they are kids, they come out of there under the nation's microscope, and, you know, they're kids, but they're also legally adults, and it's a risk that they take to get clothing sponsorship. I did a little bit of reality TV when I was younger, and... uh, (laughs) I liked doing it. I was robust. I had the personality that if social media existed, which it didn't, I would have dealt with the criticism, I think, really well, kind of the way I deal with criticism today. But we cannot make fun of these kids now because we've learned a lot about mental health and we just don't do it. So then what can you say? Well, to help me, I have invited my favorite guest and yours, Violet, to the podcast. Hi. Hi, Violet. Thank you so much for coming on. It's all right. It's been a while since your last appearance. Yeah. I need your help because I would like to make fun of some Love Islanders. Mm, Okay. Would you consider yourself to be very woke? Yeah. On a scale of 1 to 10, how woke and why? I'd give um, a 9 or an 8.5 because I'm on TikTok a lot. And I can kind of like see what's right and what's wrong. And I kind of know like the right thing to say. So you get your moral compass from TikTok. Yeah which is owned by the Chinese government and exists on your phone to steal your information. Correct. And track you. Yes. Cool. So what can you say then that's like fun about Love Island that isn't making fun of someone? There's a new uh, bombshell entered the villa the other night called AJ. Am I allowed to poke fun at the fact that Hugo said he didn't want a fake woman, but now is putting the moves on AJ? She seems to me the fakest one on there in terms of like Botox, breast implants. Ah, that's a bit of a tricky one. Yes, you kind of can, but you will not be happy with some of the other Love Islanders because remember how defensive the girls got? They were like, like yelling at Hugo because it's all about their childhood and how they weren't confident with themselves. 
so that might not be the most wokest thing to say speaking of like wokeness but it is funny yeah and true and true so i don't want to drag aj into it by pointing out that she has breast implants and possibly botox and filler that would hurt her that's her okay well i mean okay but am I allowed to make fun of Hugo for being a hypocrite? For saying, oh, I don't like fake girls and then going for... I suppose you can't have one without the other. Yeah. Oh, that's a real shame. All right, what about Brad? Am I allowed to say that Brad is really dishy but seems not so smart? Oh, I love Brad. Why do you love Brad? Because he's like so like nice. And then when the girl didn't want to leave, she, he was like... No, 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 it's okay, I'll leave. We don't have to leave together. You leave. Because he understands that she wants to, rep- to promote her clothing business. <laughs> is it acceptable to say that I really like Faye? I think Faye has thrown a lot of production at this island. She's doing great jobs making up games, being dramatic. She got into a row already. I really appreciate that. Am I allowed to question her brown lip liner? Well, that's a personal choice for her. She chooses to put on brown lip liner. So, like, people drag her for a bunch of other things, like being obnoxious and stuff. But people have been dragging her for more serious stuff, so I think that's all right. Okay, so obnoxious is not a choice, but brown lip liner is a choice, so I can make fun of that one before her personality. I'm not encouraging you to make fun of things, but if you would make fun of everything, it wouldn't. Be, it shouldn't be her personality. It should be, like, more of, like, a brown lip liner, you know? All right. Did you know that Hugo is the first Love Island contestant with a disability? Oh, that's cool. I know what you're thinking. Only Hugo? Yes, only Hugo. What do you think of that? He handles it well. But isn't it bad that they've brought on someone with a disability and he's not coupling up with anyone? Nobody likes him. That's kind of a problem. Well, I don't think it's because of his disability. I think because he called the girls, like, he says, like, I think Hugo's getting friends out because, honestly, I don't think they fancy him. I've noticed you don't watch Love Island with us as much as you used to. I don't know. It just got a little bit like, I have to say, Molly May and Tommy and like, um, that season, amazing. I loved it. So much was happening. So interesting. Molly May and Tommy had a great relationship. Molly May and Tommy, they really carried the show. She's not wrong. Thank you, Violet, for being a guest on Telling Everybody Everything. It's okay. I'm going to go swim. Not to misrepresent myself, Love Island is still my favorite show, and Violet totally missed the golden years when they were fully having sex, like on top of duvets. Do you remember that girl who was like, if I just have sex on top of the duvet, they definitely can't show it on TV? Wrong. And we're doing better now. There's a duty of care. I totally prioritize that, but... It means that letting my 12-year-old watch Love Island is way less appropriate than it might have been two or three years ago. I have seldom mentioned my brief foray into reality television. I'll tell you all about it now. When I was 19, I moved to Toronto. That was like the big city near Sarnia where I was born. It's kind of the London of, let's say, I was from, I don't know, Scunthorpe. I studied urban and regional planning at university, though that's not what I wanted to do with my life. I just wanted to go to this school called Ryerson, whose founding father's statue has been recently knocked down because I think, like many Canadian settlers, he had a lot to do with the genocide of the indigenous people. Not exactly sure, but they smashed that statue down a couple weeks ago. Ryerson. And I moved in with a girl that I was put together with just by chance alone. She was also called Catherine. 
Her name's Katarzyna Voronietska, Kasha K Square. That's who we were together. Catherine and Catherine taking the city. And when we were 20, we'd been there already a year and we were having glamorous times. You know, I was waitressing and going to school, so I had disposable income. Catherine and I would go out for cosmopolitan lunches and having sushi on rooftops and she was a fashion student so by osmosis I too became very fashionable and I saw that there was a casting call for a Canadian television show called Matchmaker so what happens on Matchmaker is best friends I guess sometimes it might be siblings or however your relationship is but usually best friends will put themselves forward and one friend goes on a date with a stranger a blind date and the other friend sits in a limousine with the host whose name I think was Andrew Anthony I'll google it in a sec but off the top of my head that was his name and the guest in the limousine watches their best friend go on the date and comments via closed circuit television it's quite a cute format it's like blind date but with the added layer of the friendship the relationship and then getting to see the host and your best friend in the limousine. I don't know why it's a limousine. I guess just adds, you know, a little bit of elegance. They comment on your date. So if you've got a funny best friend, they're making fun of you. They're uh, offering insight into, ooh, she doesn't like him. Oh, I can tell by the way she did that. He's not for her. Hang on. I just Googled Andrew Anthony. That is the name of the host, well-remembered. And I also found out that he's the voice of EA Sports. So you know when it goes EA Sports, it's in the game. That's him. Same guy. Anyway, between us, Catherine and I decided that she would sit in the limousine with him and comment on my date and that I would be the one to go out with this guy. I was the braver one. I didn't have a boyfriend at the time. Well, I did, but he lived in New York and he was playing hockey and I just assumed that that's like 50% sporting, 50% you know, co-eds sitting on your face. So he's probably cheating on me. Um, And then I was like, I'll go on the date. I learned about the mechanics of reality TV, the production element, and it was not scripted, but it was, you know, it was the wild, wild west. They didn't have the same duty of care that they have today. And they did prod the date a little bit. They were giving us drinks. They were like, oh, do you fancy him? You should be more affectionate. And they would tell me, oh, no, when you push him away like that, it's a bit weird because I started being just a bit spicy with him, a bit standoffish. I got shy, I guess. And the producer's job is to get a great show. So they were trying to pull me out of my shyness and kind of have a sexy date with this guy. Wasn't happening. I mentioned my dad a lot. It was just all very strange. But what I noticed about the producers back then The producers did this big sister thing where they showered us with compliments. They were like, you're so beautiful. You have to come on the show. You know, as soon as we applied, we had a spot. They were like, you girls look so cool. And then when we were actually not doing what they wanted, it felt like disappointing a woman that you look up to a lot. You know, I wanted to please them. And had I been a little bit less robust... I might have had I been a bit more nervous. I might have drank all the drinks and been like, okay, I'll make out with him. And then I could have been potentially embarrassed on television in front of tens of people. I mean, we're talking Canadian TV. Upwards of 25 people (laughs) could have seen it. But uh, I mean, I took that away from it. It was like a little lesson learned. But overall, I thought it was super fun. I looked like an idiot, but it was a great show. There was no social media. No one dragged me or anything. 
Um, and it taught me a little bit about TV. And I do think that adults, young adults, but still adults, should be afforded the choice. Like if that's what you want to do, if you want to put yourself out there and try something kind of crazy and fun and exposing, I think you should have the right to do that. But I am glad that we look after them and we look after their mental health and long may that continue. Oh, and the big takeaway from the matchmaker date was that it did not hit it off with the boy. And at the end, the final word was, what do you think of Catherine? And he said, she's good from far, but far from good. Ooh, whoa. It's time to hear now from our sponsors. And when we return, I'll go through your emails and give you some advice. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi friend, welcome back. How are you? How are you feeling? Did you enjoy those messages? Well, I've got another one for you, a little personal memo from me to you. It's that my new book, Misses, is available for pre-order. It comes out September 30th. I'm signing a bunch of them. The uh, editors have been in touch with my mom, so you can tell I'm really throwing it back to childhood when I say mom, and she's submitted a ton of photos that even I had never seen before. It's a real personal revealing book, and when I was writing it, I had to keep putting out of my mind that it was a book that strangers were going to be able to read. I had to just write it from the perspective of like, okay, Catherine, this is you writing letters to a friend. Because that was really the only way that it was going to become the book that I wanted it to be. I had to do it with the same mindset that I do this podcast. So if you like this podcast, you're really going to like the book. It's called Misses. And if you pre-order it, that makes everyone proud of me with like the publishing and my management. So I don't know. Um, I'm also on tour. Wait a minute. No, my tour is called Mrs. The book is not fucking called Mrs. You see, I just don't self-edit. The book is called How to... No, it isn't. The book is called... (laughs) The book is called The Audacity. And it's like a collection of how to Catherine Ryan stories. Because everybody says like, how are you peaceful? How are you so stupid? And forget the name of your book. I'll tell you how. It's a British heat wave. And to make it quiet, I have to shut all the doors and windows. And I think I'm going mad. Mrs. is my tour. That starts in September. The Audacity is my book. Jesus. Let's get to the emails because I'll tell you who you need advice from. This bitch who can't even remember the name of her book. 
Oh, before we go any further, I have about a thousand emails being like, Catherine, men can too get HPV. I know that. I just was trying to give the advice in the context of the letter. And that was a woman talking about getting it from a penis. So I don't know. I know that men can get HPV. They can get it in the bum and they can get it in the throat, in the mouth. That is what gives them the throat cancer that Michael Douglas, I think, famously had. Men can, yes, get HPV, but I don't think there's an official test for it. And what I meant to say was if you have HPV of the penis, then you won't have any like localized symptoms in the same way that if you're a woman who contracts HPV through uh, vaginal intercourse, then that can be very serious and you can have dodgy cells in your cervix. So that is like a rush. You need to get that checked. And then men, whatever you're doing with like your throats and your bums, that's a separate issue. You can get HPV on. Just basically the takeaway lesson is go Google about HPV and protect yourself from it, whatever gender you identify as. Thank you. Lord, what a fucking minefield this advice giving is. And in the meantime, I got medium crossed with Bobby, not even majorly crossed, just obviously we have a five week old, so we're gonna get a little bit shirty. And he's like, are you mad? And I was like, no, I'm not mad. I just like had a rough day and it's really hot and it's hard to make milk when I'm like sweating all the time also. And then I decided, like, he's quiet. He's very quiet. He's very dignified. And I was like, well, I'm going to be quiet. But you know what? Being quiet sucks. Because I am missing my own fun quips and anecdotes. And it's a lot of hard work for me to stay quiet and prove a point. And it's just almost not worth it. Because i got to walk around, like, holding back on my fun quips that I think of. And I think of something, and I'm like, oh, I would. Nope, can't say that. i got to out-dignify the dignified one. It's petty, isn't it? But it's a heat wave. Okay, Catherine, this one says, is she a psycho for impersonating me or should I be flattered? My instinct is both, but let's read. Catherine, I've been with my boyfriend for two years and his very good friend has been with his girlfriend for 18 months. Given the connection, that girlfriend and I have spent lots of time together, a lot of time even without our boyfriends. She's a lovely gal, or so I thought. A few months ago, I noticed the odd thing, like I would wear a top, and then the next time I would see her, she would be wearing that top. The same thing happened with coats, workout leggings, trainers, the list goes on. That stuff is trivial, but it should have been a warning sign. I mean, look, the high street is bleak. There's not a lot to buy, and like, where are you getting your workout pants from? Sweaty Betty? Those are the best ones. Where do you want her to get hers from? I mean, so far, I'm flattered. I feel like it's not bad. A few weeks later, I was talking to a girlfriend of mine who knows this girl, and she was relaying a really funny story she had told her. Seconds in, I realized she was in fact telling me a story about myself that I had told that girl. She had been claiming it to be her own story, most recently, since we've been able to travel, I was lucky enough to go to a very remote part of Greece with my boyfriend. We only know about it as my boyfriend's family used to holiday there. Well, you guess what's coming. Two weeks later, she and her boyfriend are in the same fucking place, and she didn't even tell me she was going. So naturally, I replied to her Instagram story, which, by the way, was an exact replica of the thirsty pose I had done, saying, oh, wow, I didn't know you were going here. And she has the audacity, thank you for name checking my book that I forgot the name of, to just like my comment without a reply. 
I could really, really go on with other mental escapades. She's moved into the same line of work as me. She jokes, maybe we could work together one day. My boyfriend and I have just moved to a new area, and she told me she has also been viewing flats there. God, it just goes on and on and is so odd. I want to believe it's her insecure behavior getting the better of her, but it's beginning to wear me down. I'm beginning to feel like she literally wants to live my life. Should I be flattered? Well, yes. Do you know how many people want to live my incredible life? All of them, I'm assuming. I think she should. First of all, you are not the only person who knows about a place in Greece. Nice try. There are maps. And secondly, this bitch is going to kill you in your sleep. So you got to change phones, change towns, change boyfriends, get new social media. It's a bit it's a bit much when you stack it all up together. And yes, I would be flattered, but I could be flattered into a grave. You know what I mean? It's the nicest way ever to come for someone's life. Just kill him with kindness. That is what's happening to you. So the best thing to do now is just accept your fate. This chick is two steps ahead of you, but you could have fun with it on the way out, you know? Do some things or at least lie and say you're doing some things that you would like to see if she copies. Just like, oh, do you know, I'm getting sterilized next week. Yep, decided to get my tubes tied. Oh, I'm going to have bangs Tuesday. You know, a fringe always looks good on everyone and is never regretted. Maybe you could break up with your boyfriend in like pretend and then she'll break up with hers because, oh, we're breaking up with our boyfriends now. It's what I always wanted. She and I in Greece together. And then she can't get him back because he's like, what the fuck? You broke up with me. Why? Because you were copying my friend's girlfriend and she was joking to see if you would do that. Uh, Or you could just do what I would do and take the compliment. There are worse ways to die. Yes, she's going to do her hair exactly like yours and slowly overtake your life and then off you. We know that. But what a story, you know, for, for the rest of your friends and family. You'll be in the news. It'd be pretty cool. So good luck. And I can't wait to read about it. Let's see what we have next. Catherine, is my boyfriend like Bobby K? I mean, probably not, babe. He's one of a kind. But let's see what you got to say. Catherine, I am 21. I have had 60 plus sexual partners and relationships. I mean, what? Certainly not slut shaming you. Just uh, vanilla shaming myself, I think. 60 Oh, do you know, I've never told anyone. I have had sex with 10. 10. How old am I? 38? 10. But it was a different time. We weren't as sexually liberated. It was, uh, you know, Blossom was on TV encouraging mom jeans. Well, wait a minute. No, I wasn't having sex at that age. What was cool when I started having I mean, no, we looked great. The midriffs were out. We had fake belts that served no purpose. We didn't have pockets. We weren't allowed. We had skin-colored hair, hair hair-colored skin, a lot of pastel eye makeup, and lip gloss with glitter. Yeah, maybe it wasn't the sexiest time, and our eyebrows really suffered, really suffered in the late 90s, early 2000s. But I mean, I've had 10, you've had 60, and you're 21, so let's say you started being sexually active five years ago. 10 a year, that's like one every month, you know, minus a few months of, like, maybe you had norovirus or you know, like just needed some time off. That is fine with me if it's fine with you, but it's it's busy. It's busy. Okay. My relationships and sexual partners have been horrific. Oh, I'm so sorry. And I've endured a lot of trauma and abuse, but we move. 
Hmm, this is important info. So I thought I'd include, so you don't think that I've had no experience with men. I certainly don't think that. This year, I met a man. He had no social media. Love it. Was kind, lovely, sweet, funny, interesting, and gorgeous, etc. We were dating for just over 10 months, my longest relationship ever. I know, shocking. It developed naturally. I cut off a really abusive person who'd been in my life for six years on and off because of this gorgeous man. And I was going through therapy at the same time to be able to sort my own issues with relationships. Well, that's good. I worked so hard to battle in my own mind. All of my friends knew about him and I fully fell in love with this man. And thankfully he felt the same. So what could go wrong? Well, we had the conversation and he told me he wanted to be with me and that I'm the best woman he's ever been with. And he compared his love to me for the amount of love he has for his own family and his mother. Wait a minute. (laughs) I love you like I love my mother and my own family. I mean, it's a beautiful sentiment, but I don't think it's sexy. I was incredibly happy. A couple days later, though, he says he isn't ready for a relationship so serious. And he realized after talking to me about his own emotions and thoughts that how much work he had to do on himself before he can give me all of himself. All right, John Legend, a.k.a. right person, wrong time. He told me he loves me endlessly and we ended on good terms. We both cried equally as much and I understand he may need to sort his own internal bullshit, but it still broke my heart into pieces, especially after all the work I've done to allow myself to be vulnerable. I've been crying all week. Oh, and I've never felt pain like this. I'm not going to force him to be with me, and I know he doesn't want any other women. Not only have I got the best pussy ever, but I'm also brilliant, so I know he's being genuine and sincere. He's not a liar. He told me he wants to marry me one day and have kids. I guess I just need some advice on how you got over your broken heart when Bobby K broke up with you, and whether you think it's worth me thinking it's going to work out in the future or not. Oh, well, I would not recommend holding on to an ex, especially one who breaks up with you. I always say, and it's something I heard from Tyler Perry when he was in drag as the Nana character. He said, when someone walks out of your life, you let them go. People are like trees. There are some who are in your life for a reason or a season or a lifetime. Don't really know how that relates to trees. But I think you have to move forward assuming that you won't be with this guy again you know you can have many great loves of your life elizabeth taylor had eight husbands and you know the universe might have sent him into your life to prove to you that just because you're the common denominator in all your traumatic relationships it doesn't mean that you always have to have traumatic relationships do you know what i mean before bobby k i was with a guy who's really 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 nice and he's my friend still um and he was not a bastard basically and we weren't right for each other but I needed that cleansing relationship to teach me oh my gosh Catherine you are capable of attracting a nice man a smart man and not having some like big abusive drama and that prepped me really it put me in a beautiful place to be alone for nearly a year and then to bump into Bobby K so I don't know why this man was in your life. Maybe you'll be with him again. Maybe you won't. You have to move forward not thinking about that. Just take the lessons. And I know you're in a lot of pain right now, but please know that that pain is temporary. And focus on yourself. And I'm sorry that you've had so much trauma, but you cured yourself. 
you did it and you proved to yourself that you can be in a healthy relationship. And what I know for sure is that you will be in a healthy relationship again with a man who does not compare you or his love for you to the love that he has for his mother. Moving right along with shall I just fuck the guy? Catherine, straight, white, and aware of how tiny my trashy problems really are. Thank you for that disclaimer. Catherine, I've been in a relationship for five years. I'm happy, comfortable, and settled, and I intend to start planning my children next year. He's welcome to be their dad, (laughs) but I'm employed and capable, and he certainly is not essential to that plan for me. That's not to say I don't love him, but I probably have some deep-rooted issues with commitment or some shit. In short, I love him and I'm glad he's here, but I don't need him to be here in order to live and be me. Is that okay? Do I not really love him if that's how I feel? Yes, exactly. My entire last show, Glitter Room, is all about this. It's on Netflix and you really sound like me. I was like, he can come or go. I don't need him. He's a luxury item. And I think, you know, I stand by all of those things. We're taught from when we're young to be like, oh, find a man, find a man, be a wife, have his kids. And it's like, I really think that's backwards. I know plenty of women right now, plenty, because I have money and I'm 38. And so all the women I hang around usually didn't have children because to make your career get to that level by 38, I mean, in most circumstances, not all, it didn't happen. And now they're like, oh, well, I can't just have a baby alone. I don't know. I'm waiting to meet someone. Stop waiting to meet someone. If you want to have children, which you don't have to, and you are approaching 40 years old, stop waiting to meet someone. That is my advice. I know this isn't your situation, but I can tell from what you're saying that this guy is not right for you or else you would feel like you needed him around. Like I had boyfriends and I was like, Um, I don't really mind, you know, I can do what I want. And I was exploring like sperm donors and everything else. But then when I met Bobby, all of a sudden I did need him around. Do you know what I mean? And it wasn't like he can be their father. It was like, oh, I'm having children with him straight away. Like he is the father of my children. You know, it all just came together. So no, you don't like this guy. Okay. There's more to the email. I just went off on a tangent there. On to the fucking issue. I have a male friend. We've been friends for a long time. We're flirty, but also we work together well and can get a job done. Uh Uh-oh. When I met him, we were both in committed relationships. The fun never went any further than flirting until his relationship broke down. He is single. He wants to be single. He likes it. But I would just like to fuck him, please. Like it's nothing more than he has a penis and I would quite like to sit on it. But that isn't it, is it? Because I don't want to leave my stable, loving relationship just to fuck this guy. But that doesn't take away the desire I can't control. He would fuck me, no doubt. He's told me. (laughs) Of course he would. You don't need a man to tell you that he would fuck you. Stand in the street and be like, who wants to fuck me? And all the single men, and some of the ones who are not, will come out of their houses and apply for the position. Any position you want. Hopefully missionary. I'm a lazy shag. But he certainly isn't wanting someone as needy as me in his life. And trust me, I'm needy. Don't get me wrong, the man I'm with now does not provide me with the things I need. I do all that myself, but I guess I'm intimidating and unpredictable at best. Well, you're not needy. You just spent the first paragraph telling me I don't need anybody for anything. 
you are maybe like, what are you describing? High maintenance or you think that you're a lot of work? Who made you think that? You're intimidating and unpredictable, says who? Think about that. Intimidating. Do you intimidate yourself? Intimidating is something someone else decides and hoists upon you. People call me intimidating all the time and they can go fuck themselves. No, I mean, it's because it's because of their own issues. Like, I'm a nice girl and I think you probably are too. <sighs> what I'm saying, Catherine, is I'm not prepared to throw away my relationship over sex with the other guy, but I do really want to. <laughs> do I speak to my boyfriend? No. And be like, yo, dude, can I sit on this other dick? No, no, what are you, you're not needy, but you are on another planet with this question. (sighs) Shall I risk him suggesting I don't really want to be with him? Do I just fuck the guy and see what happens? Do I try to fight down this fire inside me that wants him? Help. You are all over the place. And I feel like when you listen to this back, hopefully it illuminates the truth within you that you don't like the guy that you're with. You don't like him. You like the idea of being with him. You like being comfortable maybe with him. Uh, I got myself into situations sometimes in relationships where I was worried about what was on the other side. I was like, oh God, if I'm not with him, then who or then what or who's he going to be with? That's better than me and blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. You don't like this guy enough. And you're at a point in your life where if you guys were, you know, young and you were just coasting and you both felt the same way about each other, that would be fine. But you have just said that you want to start planning your family next year. So this year is time to fuck the guy from work. Fuck the guy from work. And I don't think you should cheat on your current partner because that that is stressful. It's unethical and it leaves a terrible anxiety within you. So break up with him. Fuck the guy from work. And stop telling me and anyone else and yourself that you're needy because you're not. Just chill out. Fuck the guy from work. And maybe something will come from that and he will surprise you and be the father of your children that you actually are looking for. Who knows? But if and when you do fuck the guy from work, please write us back and let us know how it went. Thank you. This last email is uh, going to wrap things up on a somber note, I won't lie. It's a little bit of education about indigenous issues from uh, an indigenous person who heard my Canada Day podcast where my argument with all the virtue signaling of like whatever you want to call Canadians, white settlers to Canada, posting about the residential schools and the discovery of all these deceased children at the one residential school. It's like, my criticism was, well, how did you not know? Like, how do we not know the horrors that went on? Um, And where are these posts now, by the way? People posted about that all over their social media for what, a week, three days? And now it's back to business as usual, as with everything. So I just thought we'd still talk about it a little bit. And here is an email that I think is really relevant and that could shed some light because I know a lot of British people kind of you said goodbye to your puritanical great-great-grandfathers and you didn't really know the full story. So here is some of it. Catherine, as an Indigenous Canadian, I was really worried to see your episode um, because there was a reference to Canada Day. No matter how woke or agreeable I personally find a person generally, I'm almost always disappointed to hear someone talk about Indigenous issues. I appreciate your calling out of Canadians for turning a blind eye to Indigenous genocide and especially your comments about residential schools continuing in one way or another, i.e. child and family services. I'm going to write a few paragraphs that will not be news to you, but may be helpful should you for some reason decide to read this email on your podcast. 
In my experience, it is not shocking that people are surprised about our identified relatives underneath residential schools. We've been telling people for decades that this is the case. When the recent 215 relatives were identified, we said that this is the tip of the iceberg. Now the count is over a thousand and we are still saying the same. I hope our collective love continues to pour out to those children who did not make it home. But every indigenous person you, and by you I mean all Canadians, have ever met is either a residential school survivor or the child or grandchild of one. There's a ripple through our generations, not just because of the children who were murdered, but also those who were beaten, tortured, raped, and sent home again, conditioned against understanding our language, our culture, our way of life. Exactly to your point though, this isn't news. We've been telling the country and the world this for years. We've been subjugated under the Indian Act for so, so long. What's different now? Why bother canceling Canada Day this year? To be blunt, because people are finally listening. Canceling a holiday is honestly a pretty weak response, but I will personally take what I can get to advance the failed goals of truth and reconciliation. Individual Canadians are not responsible. You, Catherine Ryan, are not responsible. Thanks. But together, we can all move in a direction of legal pluralism and self-determination, of healing and of truth and reconciliation. Thank you for that. I think that it's best to hear from you and a lot of people will want to find out more. I know that the University of Alberta offers a free online class about Indigenous studies that a lot of people, myself included, signed up for last summer. I don't know if it's available now, but there will be similar things available. We're talking about a genocide not long ago at the hands of a government and an institution and a real benevolent government, no less. Canada, everywhere you go in the world, people are like, oh, I love Canada. Look at Justin Trudeau surfing with his shirt off. What a great place. Eh, yes, but if it can happen in Canada, not so long ago, it can happen anywhere. It can happen now. It can happen in the future. So learn about this stuff and crucially watch your back. Thank you so much for listening. It's always great to connect with you, to read your emails. I hope my advice has been helpful and I hope that this podcast telling everybody everything gives you something nice to listen to when you're falling asleep or when you're gardening or in the car. A lot of you reach out to me on social media and you put it on when you're doing crafts or your work or your exercise. I love that. And if you've never written me an email before, why not you? I won't say your name and I'll give you some life-changing advice. It's telling everybody everything at gmail.com. I'll see you next week. Stay cool, like literally cool, cold. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.